0: Welcome to the Ortho Eval PAL Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 194 of the Ortho Eval PAL podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today we're going to be talking about tens why and when we use it with orthopedic patients. We'll be discussing the mechanism of how TENS works. We'll be reviewing some of the common parameters. We'll be talking about who should be prescribing TENS and who should be getting TENS. And we'll also give you some application tips, review some contraindications and so much more. But if you don't mind waiting for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedcorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCorp. And we keep you moving forward. Welcome back. Well, I'll start by saying that, you know, I don't use tens as much as I used to, but I still like it. And, you know, obviously research has kind of... Poo-pooed TENS a little bit, saying that it wasn't as effective as it you know, uh, was first said to be. But a lot of times, these research studies, they're done on using TENS alone. And remember, TENS is another tool in your toolbox to help control pain and make people feel a little bit more comfortable so that they can get to better function at some point in the future. Also, insurance reimbursement has been really awful in regards to use of TENS. And so um, you know we have to kind of work around that also and take that into consideration when we're treating patients with it. Um, But there's still a place for it, you know, and, you know, with all these problems that people are having with prescription drug use and abuse, we really should be considering using it more, especially with orthopedic injuries, post-op or post-injury, to help control some of that discomfort. Um, You know, there are many types of TENS. There, There's sensory TENS, motor TENS, iontophoresis, interferential current. We have neuromuscular electrical stimulation. So oftentimes when people say TENS, you think of the little box that helps with pain control that you take home with you. Uh, but there are different ways to utilize TENS because remember, TENS stands for transcutaneous electrical ner- nerve stimulation. So it is just basically electrical stimulation through the skin and and to help settle down some of those nerves and the nerve pain. So what we're going to talk about mostly today is how do we control pain with TENS? And so I just want to go briefly through the mechanism because this could be a really lengthy presentation. I used to teach uh, modalities to athletic trainers and it was, you know, Several hours a night for several weeks, and uh, so let's just talk a little bit about the mechanism. Now we've all heard about the gate control theory, and it, simply put, you know, when you have an injury, let's say you hit yourself on the arm uh, with a hammer, and um, you know those A delta fibers and C fibers are sending messages to the brain saying that hey, there's pain here. Okay, and it's just constantly sending messages. Now some of those fibers are unmyelinated, and some of them have just small myelinated fibers, and so Therefore, transmit you know, the pain message a little bit slower. Basically, what we're doing when we're using TENS is we're just trying to block that pain message by stimulating some of the A-beta fibers, no different than rubbing a sore area with your hand and stimulating the surface of your skin, okay? So if we can decrease pain... Your brain says, hey, there's not so much pain there. We don't need to um, tighten up the muscles and spasm the area to help protect it. Therefore, you decrease spasm. You decrease spasm, you increase motion. If you increase motion, you can now start to increase function. So it can be a helpful tool in getting from a painful situation to a functional situation. Okay, so who should be using TENS? Okay. Now, TENS is very safe. You can use it on just about anybody who has pain. Okay. Um, You can use it. I like to use it occasionally prior to physical therapy. If we're going to be doing something like stretching and we know it's going to be uncomfortable, maybe post-op rotator cuffs or adhesive capsulitis or something like that. Um, So I might do a little interferential current uh, with some heat in conjunction just to help get things to relax a little bit. And it's interesting Patients seem to do better when they have that treatment before. You can also uh, use TENS for pain control after treatment. So they're a little sore from what you did. You can do some uh, IFC or some TENS um, you know, for pain control or sensory control um, with ice. You know that would be fine. People who have spasm if you decrease their pain, you can decrease their spasm. You can use it um for those who want to be active but are limited by pain okay and I just had somebody recently come to me and say, "You know, I just want to know how to use my tens unit a little bit better because some days i I need to get this job done, but I can't because of the pain but i've have had good success with the tens in the past. um how can I utilize it to help me get through my day and through my activities and so You know, that's those are the types of people that I like to use it on. And there are a lot of people out there who have allergies to pain medications. And so uh, those folks will do well with um, some sort of tens for pain control. Now, let's talk a little bit about the tips to application. Okay, so how do you apply this and and what can make your treatment a little more effective? So obviously, pad placement is very important. You want to be putting your pad over a trigger point if you're going to be doing trigger point therapy uh, with somebody. But if somebody has a general area of discomfort, let's say that they're having a lot of discomfort throughout the knee, then you can be placing the pads Through that area and around that area, okay, and not necessarily right on the spot. So it can help, you know, clear up a general area a little bit better. If your electrodes are close, your stimulation is not going to go very deep. It's going to stay closer to the surface, but you may be able to focus on one area that is closer to the tissue a lot better, like a decor veins, let's say, Um, that may be more effective. But let's say that your tissue is a little bit deeper, uh, maybe in the calf or maybe on the forearm, you want to spread those electrodes apart a little bit and that stimulation will go and penetrate deeper. The other thing you need to think about is how dry is the person's skin. Uh, Dry skin will cause for more resistance and electrical resistance will cause some discomfort. So it'll be a little less comfortable if the skin is dry or if it's very hairy. Hair is another resistor to electricity. And so, you know, sometimes you have to shave that area or uh, you should try to get the area maybe a little more moist before you treat it like using a a moist hot pack or something like that can make it a little more effective. Some people will get used to the electricity. It's called electrical accommodation. And so occasionally you may have to go and turn that up a little bit. Uh, they can adjust it. Sometimes uh, units will have an automatic increase and you can have it increase by you know 5% over the whole course of the treatment. I like to manually check on patients more often and adjust it manually. And so that seems to work a little bit better. Now, let's talk about, uh, you know, parameters. Uh, I, I try to keep this as simple as possible because it can be very confusing for patients trying to get those electrodes on in the right place. And uh, and, you know, they, they come to me always confused about which numbers should I be using? Um, if you're doing sensory pain control with a, a general little TENS unit that they're going to be taking home with them, you want to use a high frequency and a low duration. Now, if you're trying to do like a trigger point therapy, you're going to want to do motor pain control. You want to use a low frequency and a high duration. OK, that just helps to control those two different types of pain a little bit better. I typically like to use stimulation for pain control for about 30 minutes at a time. I'll let them use it, you know, kind of as needed. You know, they're having a bad episode; they should turn it on, use it for half an hour. But I don't like for people to use it for half an hour and then reset it and use it another half hour and reset it and use it another half hour, only because their body's going to get used to it, um, and then they become a little dependent on it. Now, you don't get addicted to tens, um, but uh, it really your body should take a little rest from it every once in a while. So, uh, oftentimes, I'll have people use it if they're going to be doing an activity and they're like. You I got to get through this. You know that they're not going to hurt themselves, uh, but it's just a matter of getting through some of that general discomfort. So uh, that's a a time when you definitely want to use it with patience. You know, it wouldn't be right to talk about tens without talking about some contraindications, also. You know, so you want to avoid. The carotids, uh, you want to avoid using it with somebody who has a pacemaker or somebody who is pregnant. And uh, you want to avoid using it through the chest, you know, directly front to back. Um, I, you know, a lot of these studies have just never have been done uh, because nobody wanted to be a subject in these studies to to, say, hey, let's try this out. Um, We don't know that it'll be harmful to those folks, but we definitely want to try uh, avoid those regions. If you're going to be using something like neuromuscular electrical steam. Simulation. you want to be cautious that you're not doing it over a newly repaired structure like a quad repair or a biceps repair or something like that so that it doesn't pull it uh, you know, back off um, too early. That's really used more for neuromuscular re-education down the road. But as far as pain goes, um, I, I use a lot of interferential current. I think it can be very helpful. We do send some folks home with TENS units or units that are portable that they can use to help control their discomfort and become more functional. If you're going to sit on a couch with your 10s on just because uh, and you don't want to be active and you don't want to be functional, then it may not be very helpful for you because ultimately our goal is to be strong, flexible and functional. Right. So, uh, again, another tool that you can use very safe. It's been used for a long time uh, and can be helpful. And to be honest with you, I really think they need to be bringing it back and make it more reimbursable for people. And, um, you know, keep it simple so that your patient doesn't get confused and they'll be much more compliant using TENS. Folks, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode on uh, TENS use and, uh, you know, why I like to use it, how it's used, and and why it works. And uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. My information is in the show notes. And um, till next time, take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com.